Welcome back, everyone, to the Flying Line podcast. We're excited to be chatting tonight about a little FC Cincinnati preseason action. We had another game this past week and a whole bunch of news, guys. Um, between FCC kit leaks, preseason games, Barrial staying, um, and then some kind of transfer um, rumors, you know, coming up here too. Um, we're going to cover it all tonight, so stay tuned for all of that. We're going to do a little bit of a Champions Cup uh, preview. We'll do a larger one in the next couple episodes as well. Um, and then we got Kevin on tonight, so we're going to hear from him too and get his insight on the year to come. But Sam, first, how are we doing tonight? Yeah, doing good, doing good. Um, got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, we're only a couple weeks away. It, it's You're getting that itching feeling, right? Um, once again, still jealous that they get to stay in Florida. I had to drive back to Florida. Unfortunately, um, um, was there, you know, this weekend, like I talked about, uh, wasn't able to stop by the, the preseason game. Um, it is it, it's a closed preseason game. So I know we had talked about me possibly in the trees at some point, um, trying to, you know, get a look for who the trialist is. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think we got a lot to talk about to your point and I'm, I'm excited for it. Zach, what about you? How are you doing tonight? Thanks for joining. Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, I just want to give a quick shout out to the assistant coach, Kennyus Arena. Uh, happy birthday. Um, yeah, I'm doing well. Enjoying the weather up in Michigan, hanging out, ready for some uh, soccer. Repping FC Cincinnati up in Michigan. We got representation from Indiana. We got a couple of different states, you know, that we're uh, supporting from. So it's pretty cool. But uh, Kevin, how are you doing tonight? Good. Uh, excited to be here. You know, first time on. So thanks for having me. Uh, excited to talk a little FC with you guys. Absolutely. We can kind of dive right into it. Um, guys, just from last week, I think the biggest news, uh, you know, the European transfer closed this past Thursday and Alvar Barrial is still an FC Cincinnati player, which uh, is kind of big time for us for at least the first part of the season. Um, I have kind of mixed feelings. You know, obviously I, I feel for Alvaro and not being able to make his big move, but you know, ultimately, um, I, I think we're going to have a big move for him in the summer. So I'm glad he's on this roster. You know, maybe does a, a potential transfer coming in help his case? We'll get on that point a little bit later with Luca uh, Orellano. But um, Sam, what are your thoughts on Barial? You know, staying for at least the first part of the season. Yeah, I think it's always a positive. I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's a positive for FC. Um, May not be for himself in his career, but hey, maybe he even has a, a even better year than he did last year, right? Um, or he builds on it, right? So, I mean, th there's all the possibilities that could happen this this upcoming season. But glad to have him for at least the first part. Um, obviously, the European window closed uh, the first, um, but there are other windows that are still open, like our own, and and I know South America they're still open, so. Um, Moves can be made at other points. Um, maybe not for Barrial because he wanted to go to Europe. But um, yeah, it, it's it's going to be very interesting to see. Obviously, we had talked about striker, left wing back, left back, right wing back, right back type situations. Well, left left wing back is good. Uh, we're good for that one. So just got to figure out the right wing back. And to your point, I think we'll we'll touch on Orlando here in a little bit. But um, yeah, having. Barrial back, I think is is always a good good uh, thing to see. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in agreement uh, with I think everybody on the panel here. It's it's a big likelihood that we could see him leave in the summer. Uh, but for right now, I'm really happy that he's 
staying with us. And I think that'll give us a push um, towards the midseason. Yeah, I'm glad he's staying too. I mean, it's no secret he's my favorite player, especially the last couple of years since he's really found his stride. Um, I kind of, you know, was almost said goodbye to him already. So I was happy he stayed, but I kind of already made my peace that he was probably going. So I kind of have to keep that mindset that that's probably the case going into summer. Uh, but hopefully for the team wise, he kind of uses this as like almost like a contract year in a sport that would have, you know, kind of a normal uh, thing versus these uh, transfer windows that I still don't totally understand. Uh, but hopefully he uses that as a driving force, you know, really comes out strong and then makes it so he, you know, gets to a good club in the summer and brings in a lot back for FC so we can turn that into another good player, or a couple good players. Yeah, you guys make some great points. Um, Kevin, I, I like your point on, you know, especially increasing his value. You know, we would worry about him, you know, having his head in the game, his head with the team, being able to play with the players still. But come on, look at the continuity with Lucha that he still has. And then possibly with Orlando coming in, I think it's a no-brainer, you know, that Alvaro is going to continue to do well uh, through the first part of the season. Um, another point you kind of made too, you know, with him, um, I, I found it interesting. I don't know if you guys saw this, but he's still down in Argentina. So at least for now, you know, it sounds like he's training, he's continuing to get hopefully some fitness, but at some point he's got to get back with the team and to build some chemistry, especially with these new guys. Um, it will be interesting to see, but you know, like we're saying, I think Alvaro is a gamer, you know, like I had mentioned before, um, he's got his head on his shoulders. He's got I think it sounds like the right people around him. So hopefully um, we'll continue to see him do well this year. Um, yeah, Sam, you yeah had, go ahead. You had, you had mentioned that, you know, this situation with Barrial, this was, this was not a similar situation that we had like, like Brenner, right. Um, where Brenner was kind of, the fans were getting after Brenner because of his attitude um, towards really just wanting a move and letting it be known that he wanted to move. Barrial is very much like we knew he wanted to move. He deserved a move, but he never said it like publicly or his attitude never said that. Right. And I think to your point, wherever Barrial was going to go, we were going to grab his Jersey. Right. Whereas like a guy like Brennan, you're like, ah, you know, like he's just, you know, another guy that played for the club. Whereas Barrial, like we were really invested in him and, you know, we helped him develop to become the player he is today. So I, I think, to, to go back to your point a couple podcasts ago, like him coming back, it's like, yeah, we'll, we'll take you for sure. Like we, we thought you were gone uh, to Kevin's point. You know, we thought we was already, he was already <laughs> gone. We kind of accepted that he was going to be gone. So for him to come back, I think, you know, it, it, why not add, add to your legacy that you had with FC Cincinnati. It's kind of like a bonus year that you get or like a retirement year where you get to say bye to the player <laughs> and they do like their farewell tour. You know, we actually get to yeah. say bye to Alvaro, you know, potentially. And I think for a lot of people, the last time you saw him play, he was cramping and like crawling off of the field against Columbus. I mean, the dude left his heart, you know, on the field. And so I think getting to see him again, at least in the spring, um, will be cool to see. Sam, the Brenner situation and before, you know, now with Barrio, it is interesting. And Again, like I think his attitude's hopefully there. If you read too much into his cryptic Instagram posts, though, you know, he changed his photo to him turning away, you know, from the the photo. So is he turning his back on the team, you know? And he had a horoscope that he posted the other day saying, you know, I'm not where I want to be yet and stuff like this. So you can read into all that as you want, but um, it is interesting. Um, I think moving along, though, you know, from that, the next big news that we had been seeing, we kind of rumored it, you know, on the last one was uh, a white colored jersey, a white, a white colored kit. So the FCC kit actually leaked. It wasn't on an FC24 
ultimate team platform um, setting, but actually on the mobile app. So, you know, you got to really zoom in and look at the pixelated images of this potential kit. Um, but uh, Sam, did you have any thoughts of this original one? I know it was a white kit. It looked like it had an orange and blue trim on the side. Do you buy into I this? Don't. Do you think it's real? What do I, I don't. I don't. Um, I think this is this is just another something somebody trying to drum up something. In my opinion, um, didn't look too legit. Um, obviously, I I don't play EAFC mobile, if ever. So I mean, it just having you know low quality as it is, like it it just doesn't convince me too much. Um, I also don't know the validity of were the other leaks that were on EA, EAFC 24, were they also on mobile, right? So I don't know if that was, because then that would make sense of like, maybe some were on mobile and some, you know what I mean? Um, but my instincts tell me that I, I don't want to lean into it because it, it honestly, it doesn't look that great either. In my opinion, it looks more like a training kit. Um, but I think I'm expecting a little bit more from them. Um, and, and the the picture that they had posted revealing, to your point, the 16th, which will be announced, um, hit the nail on the head on that one. Um, I think it shows that they're they're looking to do something more than just what we had seen that was leaked. I am way different than Sam's point of view. I completely am for it. I, I don't think it's a training kit. Um by the by the looks of zooming in with my 2020 vision i'm a fan i really hope it's it's a it's it's part of the kit um yeah i'm all for it kevin what about you i like the idea of the white kit the leak you know a it's a bad picture and it's on you know digital thing i think you got to take that with a grain of salt there was a couple pictures i saw online i think reddit had one that was like a zoomed in and it was, you know, white kit. And you can see there's kind of a blue seam with some like pixelated orange in it. And I think if that's the theme across the board and it's, you know, actually like a good quality, I'm all for a white kit, but I just hope they don't make just another white kit. There's a lot of them, you know, it kind of looked like one you might just throw out like for a one off whiteout game or something like that. So I'm for a white kit if it's done well. The actual fabric and not, you know, digital version I've seen looks pretty good. So we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm optimistic, but cautiously so. That's fair to say. I, I would say I'm the same way. Cautiously uh, optimistic because at least from the rumored photos, like the graphic that the actual team, you know, put out there seems to be on brand at least a little bit on terms of, you know, what we're going to see. To all of your guys' points, though, you know, I think they need a diamond pattern or something to this white that gives it some sort of like texture or something. I think there's going to be almost like a splash looking like orange and blue, uh, like paint strokes, you know, or paint brushes on the back side of it. Kind of interesting that it's on the back and not like the front or something. I don't know. It's, it's a little bizarre, but um, ultimately, you know. The thing that I took away from this, and you guys, I don't know if you had seen this recently or not, but Real Madrid's kits look very much like the FC kits. And I think Adidas kind of has a standard, you know, template in what they use, and then they kind of make little variances with it. Um, but that kind of is what it looked like to me. I'll tweet that out um, later on so you guys can see that too. Um, moving on from the kits, so, you know, we didn't get to see you know, the, the white kits in the preseason game, but at least we saw our river kits back in action. Uh, preseason game number two, we played New England. Um, Zach, 
good shout from the last podcast. We were 0-1 against Caleb Porter with uh, Pat Noonan at the realm, but we got a 2-0 win. Um, so I was pretty pumped about that. Sam run us through our starting lineup for the first half. I think we did a 120-minute game, so they did kind of like 30-minute sections between it. But um, what would you see in the lineup? Yeah, so, I mean, lineup was a little new. Um, we had guys like Bupenza, Baird, Obi, Lucho, Murphy, Miazga, Robinson, Kubo, Celentano. The one takeaway was Foster being in that in that starting lineup, uh, assuming he probably played on you know the right or left side um, in the back there, right? Um, we'll we'll see, or I guess the left side because Kubo would have played right back, right? So um, interesting to kind of see see that lineup. Um, I think that was the takeaway that you had had, right? Was was Kubo ultimately um, out of that starting lineup? Uh, we'll see. It is interesting to me, honestly, Halsey not being above Foster in that. Maybe Foster's really you know had growth this off season, and that's what Pat has seen. Or maybe it was just a rotation thing. Hey, play with the starting lineup, see how well you do, right? Kind of just a, a test. Um, but that was kind of the, the starting lineup for that first group there. Zach, I think at the end of the 60 minutes, we're up 2-0 from a Bupenza. Actually, two beautiful goals. Did you see anything in those goals? Well, actually, um, before that, I was going to say the defense looked midseason form. Defense, I think, played one of their best matches um, this or this preseason. Um looking at like different highlights that Twitter posted and or FC Cincinnati posted on Twitter and things like that. Um, I also thought Dotto played a, a very key role in the, the last 60 minutes um, as a, a quick attacking midfielder. Um, yes. To your, to your question, I, I did see both of those uh, two great balls. I think they, they played them well. Um, yeah. I, 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 I think we looked mid-season form. I really do. At least from like game number two, that it gave right. me promise. It was better than game number one for sure. Um, Kevin, like the Bupenza Lucho saga is the big thing again from last year. Do you oh, think this 100%. is promising? Yeah, that was what I was really kind of worried about. Is our actually attacking? You know, Blues and Vasquez. You know, he wasn't as good last year as he was two years ago, but still a big piece up front. And obviously, Boop and. Uh, only really had, you know, what, like not less than 20 games with the team last year after he came in. And so it was no secret either that he and uh, Acosta were having some words with each other in the corner, even after good things were happening, they'd still seem to be arguing with each other a bit. Um, so seeing them, you know, him getting the service from Acosta on that first one, burying it, fantastic. And then the little chip shot, just, you know, goals you want to see your striker scoring, you know, the, you can't miss the easy ones. So yeah, it's fantastic stuff up there. That's what you want from your striker. Like you said, yep. I mean, we knew Bupenza is a goal scorer and, you know, I was listening to extra time radio uh, earlier today. Shout out extra time. Thanks for answering our question. If you guys haven't seen that, they answered one of our questions we had, um, but they talked about Bupenza and they think that he's going to have over 12 and a half goals in the MLS season alone. Um, I really think if they can blossom Lucho's chemistry, you know, that, that would be unbelievable for us. Um, he already had two assists to him in two games. You know, Bupenza now with three total goals in the preseason. Um, so that chemistry is huge. Zach, to your point, you know, and we'll go to the the second, I guess, the lineup part of things. 
uh, Dado uh, Valenzuela actually, you know, from what Carter Chapley is saying is, is looking promising. And that excites me as a possible backup to Lucho, maybe even like a forward or striker role. Um, he's only 19 years old. So, you know, in that lineup, we had Dado, we had Santos, Pal, Pinto, Ordonez, Loro, Kip Keller, Jimenez, Halsey, Angulo, and Agato. Um, so a lot of young guys, but some mixed in fringe, I'd say bench players, uh, some guys that may get starting roles in different cup competitions. Again, similar to, you know, the first preseason game, they're getting now 60 minutes to play um, and hopefully impress the coaches. Um, Pinto's back. You know, that was the big thing I saw. We didn't see him in the first preseason game. Uh, I, I'm always going to stick with my guy. I really like Pinto. I think he's a solid player. I like to see him battle for some minutes uh, in center mid. But Sam, anything stand out from the second 60 minutes? Um, not not entirely. Um, I, I do think it really is interesting how much Santos has kind of been left off to the side, right? Um, I think this is telling. I really do to how much we need just one more striker. Um, it seems like Pat that there's a there's going to be a huge drop off, right? Kind of similar to the drop off that we had when Lucho was out those first couple seasons we had him, right? Mm -hmm. Of when. Lucho was out. We didn't have anybody to run the midfield. Nobody was like him. Nobody can do what he does. Last season, we were a little bit better with that. Um, but I think the drop-off, especially this preseason that, we, preseason that we've seen, Bupenza to a guy like Santos or a guy like Kimi, drop-off is extremely far, right? So I'm really concerned about that um, because – Santos is a veteran guy. He's a veteran guy with a lot of MLS presence. And if even in Pat's eyes, he's kind of falling down the depth chart, that's saying something. Um, so that's the only thing that's that's telling to me. It's it's cool to see Laura get some minutes um, back in action um, on the goalkeeping side. Um, but yeah. Zach, what about you? Yeah, well, to, to Sam's point of view, I, I'm interested to see um, with the last two preseason games on the 9th and the 15th to see what the lineup will look like. Um, I, I'm concerned if we're going to we're gonna keep trying to figure out who's going to be on our starting line come the 22nd or if we'll start to see the, the first group on the pitch. Um, and, and I guess that's what I find myself asking myself um, is will we potentially see the starting the starting group once before they they play in the uh or play the 22nd yeah i think similar to that i almost have the opposite opinion of make these younger guys play for a spot you know i think you kind of know at least six of your 10 on the field obviously Salentano and goal um you know kind of figure out those last couple positions and you know yeah make them work for minutes and you know let them prove something when it doesn't matter in a preseason game and then, you know, get some time in a cup game and then, you know, really make it hard for the coaches to pick who's going to be that, you know, 60 minute sub. Um, I think that's key, really developing the young talent. And, um, you know, like said, you said, I you know want to see at least some cohesion from the starting. But I think at least in maybe this first game, get out there and, yeah, have the young guys fight for it. It's a good opportunity. I mean, like when else are they going to be able to play that many minutes at like yeah. this high of a level? I mean, a lot of them will play with FCC two for the rest of the year or be subs and they don't get a solid 60 minutes in. 
Um, mm-hmm. So now's your time to really take your chance. And to be honest with you, we have four guys from the starting lineup right now that are being flipped out from last year. So now's your time if you are really vying for that spot to do it. Um, I'm on the fence, you know, between I think both of you is is really you want to have um, good cohesion with the team, especially in multiple cup competitions. And with only, you know, two weeks away, three weeks away now from your first game, do you want more of your starters to play more and to really build that chemistry with the amount that we've had to flip over? Do you want to also balance bringing these new guys in? Um, Sam, I wanted to real quickly touch on you. You know, you pointed out the Kubo at right wing back. I think that was the big talking point. And, you know, is it the trialist, you know, is Buka, is he's, is he the playing right back, you know, or is it Kubo? And I, I really do. I shouted this out from a prior podcast. I really thought either Pinto or Kubo, might be tried in that position just because of the quality that they can bring. I would honestly prefer to have Kubo defensively compared to like a Orlano, which we'll touch on earlier, just because of what he has already learned at defensive men. But Kubo is just such a utility man. And it sounds like he's really willing to try any of these positions. So. Yeah, I, I think Kubo on, on the right, I mean, when he, when he first came to FC Cincinnati, his defense was abysmal, to be honest with you. In the midfield, um, he wasn't able to really hold it down for us, and that's why we signed a guy like Obi to help him out in the middle. Um, now, after you know several seasons with FC Cincinnati, his role has changed, right? At one point, we've seen him play striker um, and be listed as a striker on our website or on the MLS website, which was interesting. Um and now he, he's getting tries at, at right back, it seems. I, I think, once again, it, as a player, as a guy who wants to be a part of a championship winning team, you got to find ways to get on the team sheet, right? And if he's the best option at right back and it's not even his you know original position, I mean, that, that says something about the talent of, of, of a guy, right? Um, shows that he's flexible, shows that he's able to do anything for the club to win. Um, now does he want to play right back? <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's not where he usually plays or ever played. Um, so I don't he know. He was brought in as some... a winger. So, I mean, there's it, some well, translation yeah. to that, but there's some, but it, you, you play it differently. Right. Um, I think in Pat's system, now that Barrial is coming back, we probably st- still see a wing back. Right. So to your point, I think it does kind of fit that now. Does he need to get back a little bit more? I don't want it to be similar to the first season of Alvis Powell, right? Where we had to pull Alvis back pretty much with like a rope, like just to try and get him back because he wouldn't keep like, he'd just stay up on the right-hand side. And it was like, this is super frustrating because our center backs are getting killed because Alvis is lazy and doesn't want to come back. Now he's fixed it. Um, But once again, does it like, how long is that going to take Kubo to, to get adjusted is bringing a guy like Orlando in helping Kubo or is that hurting Kubo, right? Because essentially does, does Kubo just go back to being the super sub? So it's very interesting to see what, what Pat's going to do um, as announcements are made. Um, yeah. I, I think that's my, my take on that. Zach, do you think that Kubo is a right wing back option? My honest opinion. I have no idea. <laughs> that's fair. Hey, that's fine, man. You've probably seen him play in how many different positions. So it's really hard to say what he's best at, but um, Kevin, what about you? I like them trying it out. I think on at least half the other MLS teams, Kubo's a starter. So I like giving that him that option. 
that being said, he's like the best super sub in the league. And I think honestly, like having him be able to play wing back, you know, if you play right, he could probably play left. And that puts him at like 70% of the positions that if someone's injured or cramping up or whatever, he can come in and play. So if he doesn't start there, at least this has given him some experience there. And if whatever other experiment that we try doesn't quite work out, I'll take another option for Kubo and, you know, maybe get him some more minutes depending on how it shakes out, you know, how the season shakes out with injury and stuff, who knows what they're going to try, but I don't see him, you know, trying there in preseason is a bad thing. Certainly guys, don't be fooled. I mean, you know, Kubo was brought in as a winger DP at one point. I think he's got to be the most versatile designated player in the MLS of all time. Like yeah, when you bring this guy in, you know, what were you going to say, Kev? Anything besides goalie or center back. I feel like yeah. I'd be comfortable with <laughs> Well, it's just incredible. I mean, look at the history of the MLS and guys that are brought in at that high paid position. Like they're brought in for a striker spot or a number 10 attacking Lucho position. Like they're not expanded to different roles. You know, they're good at what they do in one spot, but we've kind of plugged him into places that we've needed him and he's done a really good job. So it, it is interesting. Kevin, I'm going to let you kind of break this next news that we heard today because I know you added it to our agenda, but um, I know Joey Epinonu is is uh, being loaned to Hartford Athletic. Yeah, that was a FC put that up on their uh, socials today. Um, you know, young guy played uh, 23 appearances, all starts with FCC two last year. Um, he did uh, play in a full Open Cup game, uh, and then he had one MLS appearance, uh, about eight minutes. In uh, so Ryan, you saw his uh. Debut in uh, DC when they were uh, lost a uh, zero to three, uh, so you know he got put out there for a little bit to you know get some MLS experience, not a ton obviously. Um, Hartford Athletic, uh, obviously USL Championship League. Um, I like the move generally. I feel like uh, USL, if he's getting a starting role there, like he would at FC two, I feel like it's slightly more competitive than next pro league. So get him some more meaningful minutes. I feel like instead of especially bouncing back and forth between being a, uh, you know, third option at defender for us versus, uh, you know, third, third option off the bench for defender for the main team or just playing, you know, next pro games, I think get him a little bit more higher level competition and see what he can really do. A uh, little side note I did when looking at Hartford athletic, they, uh, their color scheme is the same as the old Hartford whalers. So, you know, as a, mm. NHL lover fan, I did like to see that they had they kind of brought that back of a now defunct uh, team, kind of that blue and green. So I think Joey will look good in it. So it's kind of fun. It's not as good as the blue and orange, but I do like the blue and green color scheme. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Sam, anything that stands out with Joey's loan move that you saw? I think, you know, personally, real quick, I'll give my just two cents just on it is just that. Like Kevin said, he's going to get more time to play, and I think that's the biggest thing. It looks like this young Ben Alcazar guy we got from New York seems to be a better option um, potentially for minutes now. Um, does he you know, get to swing between FCC too? But Sam, your thoughts on Joey? Yeah, um, I mean, I had kind of, kind of called it last episode um, on his loan, looking more towards the USL championship for that. Um course i had shouted out the local club here which was indy 11 um which that's where uh harrison robledo went last year so fc is familiar with sending guys out to the usl championship um turns out hardford i guess needs some center back help right so um i think i'm always 
kind of accepting of guys that that need time to go away on loan. Um, to Kevin's point, I mean, I, I think it's a good move for for his career. Go where you can get minutes. If you can show out and show us that you deserve to come back, you can always come back. Um, now, a lot of the times it doesn't end up working out and you end up just playing somewhere else. Um, maybe he, he shows out in Hartford and we just don't have room for him in FC. Maybe Hartford's his home, right? There's different things that happen for your career. Um, but I'm glad he's finally getting minutes for sure. Zach, I think you touched on it last time we were chatting on an episode as well, but I think Joey's going to get a good opportunity there. Um, I think he played at Bowling Green before. So I was yep. really hoping like another local Ohio guy would be able to, you know, make it at FC, just like we've had a couple Dayton guys now. I don't think they've actually got meaningful MLS minutes, but I'm hoping for one day to get some, you know, local people on the team that play a lot besides like Nick Hagelin, obviously too. Yeah. I mean, like you said, he's from Ohio. He's actually from Toledo, went to Bowling Green, uh, not too far from where I'm located right now. So, I mean, yeah, it'd be awesome to see a hometown guy come back and kind of play for us. But I think they put him in a a right situation right now to get him more minutes, uh, see what he can do for Hartford. And then obviously down the road, um, hopefully we can see some good things out of him and potentially come back to us. But for right now, I think they made a good move. Yeah, I think uh... – We've seen how loans have worked, you know, coming in for us. It's been pretty good, obviously, with Muscara last year. We need to see better with loans going out and then them coming back and doing well with us. That would be kind of the next step for sure. Um, guys, I got a trivia question for you before we take a break here. Um, we're going to touch a little bit more about Champions Cup in the second part, but how many FCC players have made a Champions Cup or Champions League at the time appearance? And then a bonus point. Uh, if you can name, you know, any of these players, Sam, I'll start with you. Oh my goodness. Um, five. All right. Zach. Seven. All right. Kevin. Um, I'm going to go, we'll go four. I, this one I had no idea on. So it's <laughs> pure, pure speculation and it's I'm not even going to go on it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's all right. That's all good. Any ideas on like any player? Just name one player maybe that you think that's played in Champions Cup or Champions League before. I mean, you got to go with like guys that have been in the MLS for a while. So, like, I go with guys like Hagelin, Santos. Okay. Uh, I mean, maybe a Miazga, maybe yep. I don't, that. That's that. Those are the names we're thinking. Yeah, I'm not, the, I'm not guaranteeing Acosta. anything. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. possibly Acosta back in his DC days, but. If you're counting former players, you know, Baji and Gaddis have been around for a while. That could be them, but I don't know if you're counting people that have left the team. So it could be could could be four, could be 20. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I was I was going more for current players. So Fair. to your yeah. point, yeah. Um, but find out at the end and you guys will uh have a treat for that one. So agility is a technology-driven soccer training facility. So we offer six facets of training. Uh, that would be Tech Touch uh, with ball launchers that work on your first touch, the TSZ, uh, which is the ESA equipment and working on decision making. We also have a circuit. Uh, circuit training would be taking the ESA equipment to the next level. It's kind of like a soccer obstacle course. Then we offer neuroscience training with our reflection tools, uh, working on processing things a little bit faster and eye coordination and such. 
Uh, we offer skills classes, which is your typical coreverge skills training. Um, lots of people still enjoy that. So we work on a lot of attacking 1v1 skills. And then we also offer athlete development. So our athletes come here and they work on speed, agility, uh, quickness, explosive movements, really just learning how to move and function a little bit better as an athlete. Welcome back everyone. Thanks for listening to our first part of the episode. Uh, the second part, we kind of have a grab bag of different information, uh, a little bit about some uh, FC Cincinnati transfer rumors. Um, and then uh, we're going to talk about some CONCACAF Champions Cup, which is actually starting tonight. Um, so we'll get into that. I'm watching that currently right now. So that's kind of exciting. But um, guys, we broke, uh, I want to say we broke this news here, but Luca Oriano um, is officially, I guess, headed to Cincinnati unofficially, uh, if we want to say that, because the club hasn't officially you know, stated it. But um, yeah, again, just kind of found this report out of Brazil on Saturday morning that um, he's rumored to be headed here on a one-year loan with an option to buy for $3 million, um, which I think is pretty good deal for us. You know, he had been transferred to Vasco da Gama in Brazil last year for $4 million, so a possibility to buy him for three right now looks kind of like a good deal just because of, you know, it seemed like he didn't have a lot of minutes. We kind of talked about him on a prior podcast as well, but I really like this young 23 year old winger. Um, I think, you know, again, shout out to extra time for answering my question I had for them is where do they see that he fits? Um, and that's going to be my question for you guys here. But for me personally, I think at least for now, they're going to try him at right wing back, maybe even potentially move him higher up and have, if we do play, you know, another midfielder that can drop back into his position on defense some just to utilize him up front. I've seen a lot of shouts out there online and someone had even commented to us that they see him as almost like a false nine, um, which would be interesting, almost like a Man City style where you don't really have a hold up striker. You kind of have an inner flowing mix of, you know, maybe Lucho, Bupenza, Oriano maybe even Baird, you know, kind of thrown around in different spots, which would be very hard for defenses to keep track of all those guys. We know how much Lucho likes to drift out wide. Oriano maybe comes inside in some aspects on his left foot. So it brings good flexibility in the attack, and that's kind of what they had brought up too. Um, but Sam, what do you think would be a, a good position for Oriano? Yeah, obviously seeing pictures of him at the airport and us trying to connect the dots of, is that he's coming? He's coming here. Is is Barrial on his way back too? Like, what's what's going? Have they talked? Like, what's what's going on? Um, but yeah, as far as the position we need him to play, obviously, the need right now is for a right back, uh, right wing back. Um, does he does he fit there? Not sure. I know I I had talked about previously in the other podcasts of. Yeah, that's where we need him to go. But if he's going to be loaned in, he knows he already knows what where he's going to play or where we want him to play. He wouldn't be loaned out here or agree to come here if he didn't want to play somewhere, right? If it was just somewhere where it was like, hey, you're going to play this, um, and he was disgruntled about it. Like th that doesn't make any sense to to get loaned out somewhere where you would just be un unhappy playing a position that you don't want to play. Um, so. I think that's probably where we'll we'll try him out the most. Um, now, I, I think the flexibility is a great point uh, as far as up top because you have Baird, you have Bupenza, you have Acosta, guys that can play outside, inside, um, and now adding Orlano to it, 
I think it'll be interesting. Um, it, it seems based off of clips that his like skill on the ball. I know we talked about it in multiple podcasts as well. It's just insane. Um, and my biggest point too, is he seems to have a, a, a better weak foot than Barrial. So <laughs> I, I think, I, I think there's some, I don't know, credibility to that. Um, but yeah, I think we're just waiting once again on FC to announce it, somebody to say something. So that way we can officially kind of all take a deep breath as far as, okay, there's another spot that we don't need to fill or need to stress about filling in order to round this team out. I, I got nothing to say, really. Um, high market guy uh, coming in as a right wing, as a main position, um, brings the left wing position with him as well as, as well as the attacking midfield position as well. So, um, yeah, you got a high profit, high market market value guy coming in, and I'm uh, I'm curious to see what he can do. Yeah, I think ideally he'd be, you know, he'd be that. Santiago's replacement you know he's a much younger guy obviously and he also from his uh highlight video looks fantastic driving up the side uh from his stats though not one to you know really put the ball in the net you know Arias got a couple or at least had a lot of good service in so hopefully he can kind of bring that where he can you know lose defenders chip it over and or you know swing it in and then get some offense off of it I think uh, and I didn't really see much on the defensive side. I guess it's not something that you highlight, which is something that both Arias and uh, Barrial really give you on those wingbacks, which is really needed there. Um, you know, when you're making Messi get mad at you like Arias was every time they played at him, you, you, that's nearly impossible to replace. So, uh, but obviously when you're watching a highlight video, that's not the stuff that uh, gets put in there. So uh, hopefully a high upside on the defensive that matches the ability to like, you know, on the ball. Um, so we'll have to see, you know, young guy, there's a picture of, uh, him and Barrial on Reddit when they were both like 17 year olds, uh, you know, obviously not that much younger than they are now, but it was pretty funny. So obviously some chemistry there, maybe, you know, that kind of him Barrial staying, maybe help bring him to the team. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, hopefully is, uh, you know, can slot in there nice and, uh, you know, few, very few bumps in the transition. I think you nailed it, Kevin, on like, especially, you know, Barrial staying. I, I, what does that do to Orlando? you know, to say, like, if you look at Orlando and you look at Barrial, they're about the same height. They're both left-footed. They're both from the same Velez, you know, academy. They're carbon copies of each other. Um, and, you know, in really some ways is Orlando the heir to Barrial's throne, you know? Like, is he the guy that comes in and says, I saw what you did. Now I'm going to do the same thing and maybe make my move to Europe. You know, does he see that as a possibility um, now that we're, you know, potentially going to be shopping Barrial in the summer? But um, yeah, I, I think you make good points, Zach. I like your point too on like left back, like the heir to the throne on that. Like I said, is like versatility and playing multiple positions. Now, Kevin, overnight, you know, Barrial didn't gain his uh, defensive prowess that he got. You know, he had to work That's at that true. for a year and a half. But I don't see as much of that in Orlando's game, but is that transferable? Like Sam said, is like you'd think with a loan, he'd kind of have this agreement that, hey, I'm going to be putting you in this spot or in these positions. 
or, you know, maybe we're going to try something different for part of the year. Just be willing to kind of be flexible with us as we kind of work through th some things. But the transition is almost seamless. Like we see some guys come into the league, especially on a loan, you know, one year loan. We talk about all these guys that come in from abroad. How are they going to work out right away? You know, if he's on a loan, obviously with mascara, we lucked out and that he was pretty, you know, seamless in a transition. But Orlando, you know, having Lucho, having Barial that, you know, these guys are very similar. They're both, they're all from Argentina. They all have blonde hair right now, you know, so they're going to get along. And I think that chemistry is huge for the team. You know, I always go back to FIFA and you see the countries that you put next to each other on your ultimate teams and how that builds the chemistry of the team. I think it, it makes a difference in how they can communicate. So um, if he can plug in at, you know, right wing back right away. Awesome. If he can do winger, I think he'll be versatile for us and provide a good threat. I don't think he's still our striker guy that we're looking for, uh, like a Vasquez type. He's not the same build. He's not the same player. He's more of a run at you and dribble and create kind of player and not a hold-up player. So if you use a two-striker system, well, who's going to hold up the ball? Is it Bupenza then at that point? He's got to be better at that if you're going to play him that way. Um, so that that'll be interesting. But um, moving on from other rumors, you know, guys, we've been – waiting for this trialist to be uh, unmasked, Kevin. I'm going to shout out your text to me, you know, is this guy going to take off his mask from one of these preseason games so he can actually reveal who he is? It seems like the club is trying to hide every possible, you know, thing about him. But, um, hey, I've seen now that Corey Baird follows him on Instagram. So it seems pretty legit that this guy is going to be here. He did make the starting lineup in the second preseason game. So, it sounds like he, at least, you know, from the coaching standpoint, they're trying to see if he fits into that Mourinho uh, replacement spot. Yeah, I, I think from, you know, everything that we're hearing, it, it tends to be that way. Now, you had talked about cryptic Instagram stuff. He did post a recent Instagram photo, and in my opinion, it didn't even look like he was anywhere near Florida. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that says or what that is. If it's like, is it him? Oh, that one was his wife. Else? Like, did they? That, his wife. Posted I know. Yeah, it. or yeah, it was his wife. Yeah, it was his wife. And I was like, did, like, where are where are they? Are they in Florida? Like, are they in Florida? Where are they at? Um. So obviously, diving deep into this, wanting to know who he is, if it is Buka. Um. But I, I think all signs, like you said, Ryan, point to it. Um. Or or maybe they they sent him home. Right. So I, I also don't know the policy on that as well. Right. So him coming from Europe, still being a trialist, European window is closed. What is what's the kind of the ins and outs of that? Right. He's here. Um, I think he's staying. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. And well, and it's it's one of those things where we had talked about his contract being up in what was it, June? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, or July. So is that part of it? Is it part of like. FC is just waiting to like just buy out the rest of his contract. If it is past like, you know, the European transfer window, I don't know how that works, but um, I, I think seeing him start in the first team is, is clear that that's the quality of player that, that we're getting. If it is Buko, right. We had talked about it. We had researched it. This is a guy that's got champions league experience um, and deserves to be in that starting lineup for sure. Yeah, um, doing a little research, 
yesterday and today. Um, I did find that he's he's used to playing the three four three and the three five two uh role, which is kind of similar to what Pat Pat plays on the pitch. Um obviously I think with his experience and his name, I think he's gonna play a huge role. He's gonna play a, he's gonna have a heavy workload um coming into the season, I think. Um uh, with other research I found that he he recorded over 200 professional appearances um so there's a there's a there's going to be a guy out there um that's going to have experience and be able to kind of move around um and give the younger guys a little bit of motivation and different kind of things like that to kind of push push the mindset that hey we're here to here to win and that's about it i'm looking forward to i mean it's Buka. Everyone knows that the trialist is. Uh, there's people joking that on Pat's sheet, he even had like trialist parentheses, not Buka, and then they made him cross it out. So, uh, you know, that's a rumor from Reddit. Who knows if that's true or not? But um, I feel like, you know, it, it's the worst kept secret right now. And I feel like, you know, maybe that Instagram post from his wife's red herring, throw, it, throw off the uh, immigration people, you know, maybe see if they can you know, convince him he's still in Europe or something like that. But um, yeah, with a little water cooler talk today with some uh, FC fans at work, they're saying that, you know, everything they've seen is that, uh, especially that first game, he was one of the better players on the pitch. So, um, you know, obviously preseason, but if that's true and if he's getting first team minutes in the second game, uh, you know, everything I've seen from his, you know, highlight sheet and all the stats and stuff, it's all upside. Love Moreno, but I think this is an upgrade overall. Um so if it truly is him, which it's him, uh, I'm very excited for it. Yeah, I, th- I think it's hilarious. This is like now two years in a row we've had this trialist that hasn't been unmasked until, you know, right before the season. It's kind of fun in some ways too. But, Zach, I, I liked your point about uh, a workhorse in the midfield. We look at Mourinho and the quality he brought in uh, maybe a low, like, salary position, but the minutes, the quality minutes um, – you know, I think we all are excited about his upside, but, you know, how many minutes can he provide? How many quality minutes can he provide more of a attacking role at the eight spot? Like Kevin's saying, I think it is an upgrade because of the way he can go up and back um, and with experience too. So stay tuned. Hopefully in the next week, we'll actually find that out. Yeah. Speaking of like surprises, guys, um, we haven't had any established referees for this MLS season yet. I know that there's this... Um, I guess, strike that the refs are going on right now with their, you know, bargaining agreement. But um, who's going to ref these games? I know in 2014, it's a similar kind of thing had happened and they used replacement refs. Now, the interesting thing about this is MLS is unveiling possibly all these new rules about, you know, if you roll around on the ground for two minutes, then, you know, you get a yellow card um, and all these other different changes with subs and everything too. But if you have these substitute refs for a little bit, I mean, that kind of throws off their plans for that. We still haven't gotten any updates on the open cup. So stay tuned in both of those areas, both the pro refs and the open cup, because like the season, like we were saying is upon us and we still don't have any of this news. Um, So it is kind of fascinating, but moving on to champions cup. So the CONCACAF champions cup, um, again, this tournament that goes on between you know, U.S., uh, some Canadian teams, Mexican teams, a lot of like other South American or Middle American teams as well. 
Uh, tonight it starts. This tournament is going on right now. I'm actually, like I said, I have Vasquez, you know, on here with Monterey. They're up 1-0. I honestly missed if he scored. That'd be pretty cool if he did. But he's in a, a hot run of form. Um, Kevin, I think you're going to touch on that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if you had told me at the beginning of the, you know, year uh, that Barrial was still going to be on the team and Vasquez had four goals or three goals or whatever it is with another team, I would have called you a liar. Um, I don't know if just, you know, I like Vasquez for FC Cincinnati, but he had that fantastic year, you know, two years ago now. Um, you know, and then he leaves. He's had a, you know, slow start last year. He leaves to play with Team USA for a bit, scores a couple of crazy goals in, you know, as, as many goals as many games. And then comes back and he was kind of hot and then didn't really, you know, kind of lost it going into the playoffs a bit. Um, and then, you know, he leaves again going to Monterey and he's all of a sudden hot. So I don't know if he just likes changes of the scenery. Um, you know, I'm happy for him. I like to see FC players have success wherever, as long as they're not playing against FC, uh, which kind of is interesting because if uh, we win our game and I think they win their game or at least their series, uh, could be a quick reunion with him. So that could be a, could be interesting. Stay I, you tuned know, to I, that. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, that'd be fun. Uh, you know, you 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 hope there's no bad blood between the actual guys on the pitch, and that you know nothing nasty happens. But it'd be fun to watch it. You know, purely competitive style of, uh, you know, watch him go against our defenders, see how they handle that. I think that'd be a very fun uh, thing to get, especially so early in the season. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, absolutely. I think. For the, the Champions Cup itself, um, they've, they've changed the name again. Uh, um, it used to be CONCACAF Champions League. Now it's the Champions Cup. Um, so everything's changing around the MLS and everything the MLS is involved in. So it's it's always interesting to see how things turn out. But I, I think the CONCACAF Champions Cup is is something that we're, we're trying to build into something similar to obviously the European champions league, obviously it's not going to reach the pedigree that is of that champions league, but um, trying to make it important and trying to make it to where that's, that's the biggest thing that matters. Right. Um, I mean, your, your league is going to matter whether that is the supporter shield or that's the MLS cup. Um, but uh, yeah, making the Concacaf Champions Cup relevant, I think, is is definitely something very important, not only for U.S. soccer but also soccer on the the west side of the world. So um, I, I am interested to see if if we uh, if we link up with Monterey, I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, also, being able to play in that stadium too, I think, would be be some beautiful scenes there. That is wow, one of the most beautiful stadiums. I mean, you see pictures of it; it's just fantastic amount oh yeah that'd be cool flying lion <laughs> road trip anyone march yeah oh, let's do it <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> zach what are your thoughts about uh champions cup i know you wanted to do a little bit into this with this episode i think you know obviously the timing and it's starting tonight is appropriate to touch on it a little bit we'll do more of a in-depth um kind of breakdown of the tournament as we get a little bit closer to fc's game but zach anything you want to stand out or point out right now it's a long cup schedule so um, the first round, I mean, it, it means a lot. Uh, however, I mean, guys, this thing ends Jan or June 2nd. So it's a long schedule, um, and I'm just looking forward to seeing how it plays out. 
I think like to your point, like it's in the midst of like the MLS schedule and like at least leagues cup isn't going on. And I guess right now we don't have open cup. So the only technically competitions we'll have is like the MLS season and champions cup, which makes it a little bit easier to kind of manage rosters. But yeah, I mean, you, you make a good point again, is just how do you manage that? I think in years past when you've had the LAFCs, You've had these big teams like Philly that have to manage. Do we go for the cup? Do we go for supporter shield? You know, which one do we value? And like Sam, I think you shouted it out actually on the last podcast was Pat Noonan's you know, motto is win every single game, win the game in front of you. So how is he going to manage this one upcoming with, again, Buka potentially not having his visa? Barrial still not in the country. We don't have a solidified right back. But um, guys, we we have some guys with experience in this cup competition. We'll get to the answer at the end and tell you a little bit more about that too. Um, the anthem for the Champions Cup came out today. It's called the Champions Battle. Sam, you make a great point. This is not the Champions League uh, song, you know? Like this anthem is like trying to be that and it's a Hans Zimmer like buildup. It's a pretty cool hype video, I'm not going to lie, but champions league like that anthem gives me chills and this is like trying to recreate that 2.0 are you are you gonna give us a little taste are we gonna or are you gonna sing it first or are you gonna, <clears throat> no i'm just kidding yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, we're not gonna do that on this episode tonight um kevin uh i got some final thoughts you know just i wanted to hear from you having you on tonight again we appreciate you coming on and giving us your thoughts um a preview of the season ahead, maybe from your eyes. What are you, what are you seeing? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, I, you know, you've been asking me for a long time. I'm sorry. I kept putting it off, but I'm <laughs> glad to be here now. I'll try and uh, not have it be, you know, 36 episodes before the next one. Um, I, I'm excited. I, uh, I don't think, you know, just with how many, how many changes we've got up front, you know, the we're replacing four starters essentially going into the season. Um, I don't know if they will be, the shield team from, you know, literally the go that they were last year. And I don't think honestly, maybe that should be the goal. I mean, like you said, Pat's philosophy is win every game, but I think there's still going to be a very strong team. I think playoffs are expected at this point, but I think the goal instead of, you know, a shield should be a cup, whether that is CONCACAF, whether that is um, leagues cup, whether that is the actual MLS cup, uh, maybe open cup. Hopefully they get back into it. I don't see that happening, but I would love if they did. Um, I think that's the goal this year. I think, you know, um, they've got the talent still to do it. And like, you know, hopefully the uh, uh, moves that they make to replace the four guys that they lost up front are upgrades. Um, and if they're not, hopefully the other guys can, you know, be a cohesive team around them and then, you know, maybe move some people at the summer trade window and, uh, make some big moves and, you know, bring in another Bupenza up front. If Barry all leaves, especially bring in another, you know, bring in another winger that knows what they're doing and just really, you know, set this team up for success. And I, you know, a after the last year, I fully expect, you know, playoffs for sure, but let's go get some hardware. I'm ready for a cup. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Like we've said before, we've got a shield, we've had some spoons, you know, we need a cup now, but, uh, Cup in the worst way, whatever cup it is, whatever shape, size, whatever it is. But um, or several, or several. Yeah, we'll we'll take multiple. That'd be great. Um, Kevin, I, I liked your point about you know like big moves at the deadline too. I think you had kind of written that on your agenda and what you wanted to speak about. Um, 
it's going to be a kind of a bold take here, but I see where we're at now, similar to how Columbus was last year uh, at the beginning of their season. Um, they, you know, had some unfamiliar pieces. They had some guys that had come in in different starting roles. Their middle of the season when, you know, they have Zellerion goes out, they bring in, um, you know, Diego Rossi, they get, you know, a, um, I think Russell had come in at, you know, midseason as well. We're going to have Barrial likely leave. That's a big piece. But what they do next, you know, in the middle of the year is going to set us up for cup runs. And if you look at the schedule, besides Champions Cup and when that ends in June, like Zach said, you know, maybe at that point we're starting to click more. But more realistically, it's going to be around League's Cup. It's going to be around, you know, towards the end of the season, a playoff run and possibly an MLS Cup run. So I see this team gelling a little bit more as the season goes on. But I'm getting good, you know, vibes already from the preseason and what we're hearing from guys that are coming into these new positions. You know, how does Corey Baird fill huge shoes from Vasquez? You know, uh, he's not going to be that Max Tam guy or, you know, a, a money guy that's not a DP, but providing a lot of goals. But he's going to give us flexibility. And the way the roster is right now, the way that we have to kind of get through to the summer that's what we kind of need is flexibility in some positions. Now, if they can address a right back situation now, and maybe that's Orlando, that shores up a little bit more of my concerns early on, but um, that's to be seen. So um, I, I do, you know, again, I, I think your, your point, Kevin is strong there. It's definitely a playoff team. A cup at least is the goal. Sam, Zach, would you guys both agree with that too? Yeah. I, I... That's what I said last week was the whole thing that you just said. So you stole, you stole my, you stole my thing that I said. Um, but yeah, like I, like I said last week, we got a plate, we got some spoons, we need a cup. I reiterate it, and that's that's what I said. So yeah, I think any cup will do for me. To be honest with you, um, doesn't doesn't really matter. Um, obviously, some cups mean more than others to other people. To me, I just want a cup. I want to lift something. I want to have some silverware. I'd like to have a Champions Cup. Started off with a bang, so why not? Dude, a Champions Cup would be unreal. Um, I don't know, like, again, based on when we're going to go to the final potentially and that timeline, if that works. But if you win Champions Cup, you go to the Club World Cup. You get to play teams from all over the world. You get to play Man City, Real Madrid, like – FC Cincinnati playing Real Madrid is like a dream, you know, or Man City for Sam and I who are Man City fans. But uh, don't hate on us, everyone, for that comment, by the way. But, yeah, it would be incredible to see. Um, so that that's kind of my final thought. I wanted to just real quickly shout out the Norden supporters group. Um, I just joined this past weekend. I've been looking for a supporters group home for a couple of years now, and I really feel like, you know, I'm getting that out of these guys. Um, I went to their scarf unveiling, you know, party on Saturday. I got to hold the shield, which was just incredible. When Lucha almost dropped that thing on the field, you know, I was like, really, Lucha? But then I held it, and I'm like, this thing is 45 pounds. You know, it is solid silver. Um, but it was just cool to be able to, you know, hold a trophy um, from the team that you really love and you follow and you have a podcast about, right? You don't get to hold the Lombardi trophy every day if you're a Bengals fan. Um, so for us to be able to, you know, to do that, I encourage all of you guys here on the pod with me, you know, if there's any other of these parties go out and, you know, be a part of it or find a supporters group, you know, for all those that are listening, um, because I really think it builds community. It really builds this following of the team and, you know, of Cincinnati, just pride for Cincinnati, which is really, really cool. Um, Sam, any final thoughts? That was heartwarming. 
that was really, that was really, that was really nice. That was really nice. Um, no final thoughts. Like I said, kind of at the beginning of the podcast, we're a couple of weeks away, a couple of weeks away. And hopefully it's not a cold first game. I know people are like, man, soccer in February is going to, it's going to be really cold, but um, I don't know. We'll see if we surprise the Jamaicans a little bit and we give them some, some flash of what FC Cincinnati and Cincinnati in general, weather wise can, can do for you. Yeah. I hope we really freeze the Jamaicans actually. I hope it's cold. Uh, kind of get their boots wet and uh, get a first one. I'm just excited. It's uh, it was thankfully a short off season to the deep playoff run, but uh, it's been too long. Let's get back to it. Awesome recap there, guys. Um, trivia of the week, real quick before we go, I want to give you this answer. So, how many SEC players have made the Champions Cup or Champions League appearance? Um, bonus for kind of if you knew who. Um, the answer was actually seven players. Zach, you nailed it. Um, so very interesting. Alec can, he's had one appearance. Miles Robinson's oh, had nine. Um, Matt Miazga's had one appearance. Haglin's had four. Powell's had five. Acosta's had two. And Santos has had four. So again, to our point, you know, maybe we don't have an established roster yet and a lot of unknowns, but these guys have been in this competition. They've played in this setting before. And I think that really helps us. So looking forward to that. Um, you know, I think before our game, obviously the next two weeks, there's going to be a lot of these champions cup games, check out FS two If you guys are interested in that and see potential people that we might play in the later rounds, but thanks again, Sam, Zach, and Kevin for joining me tonight. And we'll see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.